We're going to be in a couple different places in the Word of God today, starting with Luke chapter 4. You may want to turn there. I'm going to read uh, quite a few verses out of Luke chapter 4. And then we're going to be going back through the Old Testament for a while for most of the uh, sermon. Luke chapter 4, I'm going to start reading at verse 24. Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias or Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save or except unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of, that would be Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving or except Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him. See, Jesus has spoke all these things. And they got so mad at him that they rose up, 29, and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. Isn't that pretty cool? Jesus speaks, the religious leaders, the people in the synagogue gets mad. He has just said that a prophet is not accepted in his own country. He was right there where he was brought up. And that was the hardest place for him to be able to preach. I was brought up just right down the road here. It's hard to preach amongst people that know you really well, seems like. Um, hard to be accepted. You'd be way better off bringing somebody in that you know nothing about from a long ways off and bringing them in and everybody's like, they don't know them. And they're interested and they come trying to figure out who they are. If, if you was to bring in a brand new person from another country, we'd have people all through the community coming here just to see, out of curiosity. All right, our golden verse for today is 1 Corinthians, just, just listen to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Now I'm turning to the Old Testament. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. Now back in Luke 4, I read that one verse talking about, and many lepers were in Israel. Now you know what leprosy is. You've heard it. You've been to church enough to know what leprosy is. Leprosy was a horrible skin disease that no one wanted to have because it was incurable and you would eventually die from it. It separated you from your loved ones. Leprosy was a horrible thing to have, a horrible disease. And Jesus said that there was all kinds, back in that day, 
that he, of Naaman, there were all kinds of people in Israel that had leprosy, and none of them were cleansed except for Naaman. And Na notice that Naaman is a Syrian. Notice that the woman, the widow, that Elijah was sent to, she was an outsider. But there was plenty of people within Israel that needed to be cleansed, but they weren't. So God's very own chosen people were not touched, but yet there were some Gentile examples right here that were. And Jesus is making known to them that He has showed up and that not only is He there for the lost sheep of Israel, but He's interested in those who are on the outside. Now, this Naaman has always fascinated me. And I wonder how many times I read Luke and read right by this and never even investigated who Naaman was. Maybe you don't know who Naaman is. Now, the person in the, that story of Naaman, the Syrian, that impressed me more than any was the little maid. Now, I preached about that. Uh, one of those days before I was appointed to be pastor, when COVID had hit, we didn't have a pastor, and uh, there were a couple people in the church who asked if I would be willing to do a sermon to put it on CD, and I can remember standing right here with no one in the sanctuary. Dan had started up the sound system, and he had walked out to go do something, and I was in here by myself, and I preached a message on that little maid who said one basic statement, and I just fell in love with that little girl. This girl is awesome. But the man behind the story, Naaman, I want to, get, I want to talk about him today. So in 2 Kings, all of chapter 5, we're going to start reading, and I'm not going to read far, and then I'm going to be talking about, as we go through, I'm going, to, I'm going to try to break this down for you. Hopefully everybody's in uh, 2 Kings chapter 5. Now Naaman, notice all the descriptions about this man. Captain of the host of the king of Syria. So he's a captain. Was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord, what? The Lord used this man Naaman, had given deliverance unto Syria. So his, he's a hero to his own country, but God used him to deliver his own people. Uh, the Syrians, that's interesting. And he also... He was also a mighty man in valor. So let's go back through this description of this man. His position. He's captain. He's like the commander-in-chief of the Syrian army. Very impressive. He, uh, what, how about power? He's, he says he's a great man. He has authority, popularity. He has great influence. Look at his character. He was called honorable. So he would have been, he would have been cultured and refined, a, a, gent, a gentleman. And look at victory, because he delivered his people. 
And the Lord used him to do it. And he wasn't even part of the nation of Israel. And look at his character, uh, bravery. He was a man of valor. That means he was fearless in the battle. Now that is a man to be looked up to. He was awesome in this world. And I haven't even finished verse 1. All of those things were spoken of Naaman. And the very last part of verse 1 says, But he was a leper. That pretty much destroys everything that I said before. What happens to a person when they are a leper? Now, they handled it differently in Syria than they would in Israel. Let me read uh, a little more. Verse 2, And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. So this little girl had been captured. Evidently, she lived in an area where there was a battle, and maybe her parents were killed. I don't know what the details are, but if Naaman was this great honorable person, I could see where he saw this little girl and had compassion on her and said, get a hold of her, she's coming with me, I know exactly where she's going to go. And he took her home and gave her, this little girl, to his wife, said, this, you're, this is your maid. What other place would have been safer? It's bad enough that she's leaving her homeland. She's, she's, she's young. She's alone. And th- this man, Naaman, had compassion on her to make sure she was protected, knowing that his wife would take good care of her. Now, this little girl could have told you, back in my homeland, if you had leprosy, you were separated from the family. You were considered unclean. You were known to be incurable and you would know that you're going to die from it. Every one of us, no matter how good we are, no matter how people might say you're so smart or you are a brave person or you are honorable, you have really done well for yourself, it doesn't matter what you accomplish in this world. You have a disease. We have a disease that is kind of like leprosy. It's called sin. And when we are sinful, when we come into this world, we are a sinful person by the blood that was transferred into our bodies. And then... We reach an age of accountability to where we fall so short. No matter what we accomplish in this world, we have fallen so short. We have a disease, and it's called sin. And what does sin do to each and every one of us? It separates us from God. It makes us unclean. That sin is incurable by anything at all we can do. You know, I'm sure that Naaman had gone to all... He is the commander-in-chief of the Syrian army. He is an awesome person in his land, 
And I'm sure that any physician that was there, the best of the best, he had been to. Only to be told, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. So, like sin, and each and every one of us being bitten by sin, we have that disease. There is absolutely nothing we can do to fix it. We can't do it. And if we stay in that sinful state, we're going to die and spend forever in hell. That's what's going to happen. So do you see the parallel of leprosy and sin? Now how do you get cured of leprosy? It's incurable. And how do you get cured of sin? There's nothing we can do. As hard as we try, we can't fix it. Verse 3. This little maid, and she said unto her mistress, so she's talking to Naaman's wife. Now this is the only thing that in the Bible this little girl says. She said, would God my Lord, she's talking about uh, Naaman, because Naaman's her master now. He owns her. And she says, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, back home in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Now we just heard that Jesus, many, many, many years later, looked back on this and said, Nobody in Israel was being cured of leprosy. Only one I can think of. Jesus is saying, this is Jesus' words. He said, except for Naaman the Syrian. This little girl brought her faith with her when she was captured into this land. This little girl, she was young. <laughs> she was a slave. A slave, lowest in social standing. She was an outsider. She was a Jew in Syria. She was young. Who would listen to this little girl? She was a female in a male-dominated culture. She had nothing going for her. She had no power, no position, and no possessions. But what did she have? Faith. This little girl brought her faith with her in an area where she could have been very upset, had every reason to be, and not want to help these people who had taken her captive. Who would blame her if she kept her mouth shut? But she was brave enough through the faith that she had that she could see this person who was dying of leprosy, and she said, if only we could get him back to my homeland, there's a prophet there who can heal him. Did anybody listen? Can you imagine this little statement from this little girl causing such a ruckus? It woke up the people in Syria, and it caused some friction back in Israel. <laughs> now, who were the kings? Do you know who the kings were? If you know the, if you know the one for Israel, it, it's, it's a little confusing. Now, the one for Syria, Ben-Hadad. That was the Syrian king. He's not that important. I had to look that up and find it. 
I mean, you don't see it here, right here in this chapter. And you don't even see the name of the king of Israel when we get to that part. Now, that would be Jehoram or Jeram. There's two different ways you can say it. But he was the king of, of Israel. But at the same time, there was a king, the same name, that was king over Judah. Did you know that? They were reigning at the same time. Now, Jehoram, the one was Jehoshaphat's son, who ended up marrying Jezebel's daughter. Well, he was king of Judah. But then Jezebel's daughter, starts with an A, she had a brother. Evidently, it was her brother. And his name was the same. Same name. So you talk about being confused when you're trying to put a lesson together. So this king... All right, this, this is what happens, all right? This little maid has talked about the prophet, Elisha. He said if only he can go there, that prophet could heal him. And, all right, verse 4, And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is, it is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel, and he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. Notice all of the things that they're taking with this letter from a king, and they're sending Naaman and some servants, and they're going to go back to Samaria, all because of what this little girl said. Some of you are out there going, well, maybe you should just preach one verse and be done with it. All right? Why you got to talk so much? And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. All right? They went to the king of Israel with this letter. Now, if you, with this disease of sin that you have, are you going to go to a public figure, maybe the president or a congressman or something like that, and have them help you? Are you going there? Well, they, they went to the wrong person. You know, it would have been one thing if it was a good king, but this is, a, this, is, this is a rotten king right here. I don't know if you can find any good king as far as on the Israel side. You can find a handful on the Judah side, but not for Israel. So they went to the wrong person. And this king is... Nobody is cured of leprosy, and they're asking me to cure leprosy of this Syrian, who's really our enemy? And Israel was in a bad spot. They were just not wanting anything to happen because they were not in a good spot. They were in idolatry, and God was not smiling down on them. And they were just trying to avoid. So he's thinking they're, they're picking a fight. So if I don't cure this man, then they're going to say, oh, we're coming to get you. And they're going to come in and invade them. That's, that's what the king of Israel's thinking. And it came to pass... When the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? 
that this man doeth sin unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. That's what he was thinking. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent, wherefore hast thou rent thou thy clothes? He's asking him, Why? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot. He's up there. He's, he's a, a man of uh, stature. He, he is somebody who shows up on a chariot. He is something else. And stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Elisha himself doesn't even come down to meet this guy. This guy has come all the way from Syria. He shows up at his house, and Elisha, I don't know what he was doing, but he said, who's here? Oh, yeah, 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 I remember calling for him. Uh, would you go down there and tell him something for me? And a servant goes down, and tells him what Elisha has said to do. You know, we are servants. There might be people coming here wanting to see Jesus for themselves. Where is he at? Well, Jesus is with the Father interceding. He's, he's up there, but we are his servants, and we have his word, and we're giving you his word. It's up to you to believe it and to obey it. Now, are you too proud to listen to the word that just a mere servant is bringing to you? If any one of you was to go out and to minister to someone, you are a servant. And you might be ministering to someone who is very wealthy. They might be the best business owner in, in the area. Are they too proud to listen to the message that you have. So Elijah sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Now, why does he why do we need cleansing? You know, I mentioned that we are separated from God when we are in our sin. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2 says, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it, it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have had his, hid his face from you that he will not hear. So it's your sins and iniquities. He, he can reach you. He can hear you. But it's your sins and iniquities that's causing him not to reach you and not to hear you. Uh, you're rendered unclean. Psalm 14, 2 and 3. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. That's Psalm 14. That sounds like something you can read out of the New Testament as well. 
Alright? There this incurableness of leprosy or sin. Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Again, that was Isaiah 64, 6. Our death is going to our sin is going to lead us to a death. A terrible death, just like leprosy does. In Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the good news part of it. So he was told to dip in the Jordan seven times. And then he would be cleansed of his leprosy. Now, Naaman being a very, not, not only was Naaman, he has this disease of leprosy, he also has a disease called pride. But Naaman was, this is verse 11, was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought. How many of us do that? I thought. I thought God should have done it this way. I, I think that this is the better way. Well, quit thinking so much. Just do what the Word of God says. Just believe it as a little child. He said, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leprosy. He's thinking this needs to be a big ordeal. Do you go to church and expect some awesome thing all the time? It's got to be something marvelous that's got to happen or you're just not touched. And then he says, or he's talking about a couple of the rivers that are in Damascus. Abana and Tharpar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel, aren't they? He's asking, aren't the rivers back home better than this Jordan? Why can't I go and wash in those? All right? That we, we as humans think we come up with better ideas. When God gives us things to do that just don't match up with the human thinking. Because He wants to know, do you trust Him? If He gave you just things that anybody would, would believe, then how does He know? But He will give you some strength. You know, the cross of Christ is foolishness. Why send a perfectly innocent man and hang him on a cross and kill him and shed his blood? Why? That's foolishness to those who pay. But to all of us who are saved, it's the power of God to save us because the blood had to be shed. It had to be. We wouldn't come up with that way. That's brutal. We would be more like Cain and wanting to bring vegetables to please God. But Abel knew the lamb had to be slain. That's barbaric. I can't do that. You will die in your sins unless you look at Christ hanging on that cross, bleeding for you. You must. So why can't Naaman go wash in those rivers that he, that he wants to wash in? So he turned away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him. See, we need to be servant-minded. When, 
when someone's being ministered to and they're doubting, we come in behind and we say, and we encourage, come on, come to church with me. Come on, sit down and let's read the scripture together. Let's pray that God would give us the understanding. We encourage others. And his servants came near and said unto him, spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then when, the, when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. Some people think that our message of salvation is just way too simple. They want a list of things to do so that when they're done and then they've passed the final exam, they can say, okay, I can, I can take this. Naaman has brought all this silver and gold and changes of raiment which represent his self-righteousness and that he feels like he can buy his healing. What do you bring to the Lord and say, Lord, look what I've done. Would you accept me? Will you save me? I hope you bring nothing. I hope you leave all this silver and gold and changes of raiment. I pray that you leave them behind and you come to the Lord and just accept it as a free gift. So his servants tell him, look, it's, he's asking you just to dip in the river. It's so simple. Why can't you just do it? Then went he down. You know, if you want to go up, <laughs> if you want to go to heaven one day, first you've got to go down. You need to go down into the grave with Christ. You need to go down into the river and be baptized to show the whole world that you mean what you said and to come up out of the grave with Christ, to come up out of that death and be raised to walk in newness of life. And he goes down. He needed to go down because he's got a lot of pride. Now he goes down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Not only was he just healed, he came up with a brand new skin. You know, one day when we uh, go down into the grave, we're going we're gonna to come up with, a, with a, a glorified body. I think this picture is that. So he comes up not just cured, but a brand new flesh and a brand new heart. And he, in, and he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him and said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but or except in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Don't try to offer God anything. Accept the salvation as a free gift and go. Don't bring your good works to him. Go do the good works to those who need it. He wants to give you this free gift of salvation. He wants you to be healed of this sin 
disease that we all have when we come into this world. Now, getting back to the little maid, she started all this. You know, I, I saw a sign once somewhere, nothing happens until somebody sells something. And that's a business slogan. It's, you know, everything else is set up to take care of when somebody sells something. When somebody makes the transaction, this little girl, she made something happen. And she was the most least likely to do it. Do you think of yourself as just not significant enough, not quite brave enough to speak one little word about your Lord and Savior? This little girl, I don't even know her name, but she is like a hero to me because she was... Should have been scared, little girl running away. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to say anything. But she spoke up. How many of us walk by people who need to know the Lord every day and are too? She was weak, and that's exactly the kind of person the Lord. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I wrote down, stop being discouraged by what you can't do and start doing what you can do. Be confident. Do you believe? If you don't really believe with all your heart, you, you will have no confidence. Be credible. Your actions speak louder than your words. Don't be a Christian in name only. Stand up for God. Everyone needs hope and help. If you run into a person who's low on faith, lend them some of yours. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we love it. We love your word. Father, we love you because you gave yourself for us. And Father, we look to the cross. We see Jesus going there in our place. We see the blood that is shed. We see Jesus going into a grave, but Father, He did not stay there. And Father, we have a Lord who is alive, who's sitting with You, interceding for each and every one of us. And Father, I pray that those intercessions for us will get into our minds and into our hearts. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit is working on each and every one of us. Father, I pray that when we leave here, that we will be your servants and we will be as bold as this little maid, that we will go out and speak to the head of nations and tell them about the only person who can cure them of the incurable, and that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.